If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to DM to GM. I'm your dungeon master, Russ Moore, from Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm your GM, Sean Howard, from The End of Time and Other Bothers. And also with us today, a very special guest. I'm Tiffany Alvord. I am a GM from the podcast North by Northwest. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be here. What we do here on dm to gm is answer your questions to help you feel more comfortable running games at your table. And those questions are, Sean... Those questions are, what game genre would you like to run? Is it Cats in Space, Steampunk, Cowboys, you name it. What system are you familiar with? Or would you want to use to run this game? And what's stopping you? What are the hurdles beyond finding people? Because we know that can be hard. But what is it that's uh, got your not feeling confident to do it? And that's what we want to help you get to so you can start running your game. And we're going to jump right in here to the question today. And our question comes from Scott through our email, dm2gmcast at gmail.com. And to sum it up, it's how do you engage and entertain a younger table? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I like it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start uh, since I'm the fresh face here. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing, not just for young tables, for but for all tables, is to have a conversation with your players and see what interests them. Like, what things do they want to do or would be important to them in the campaign and help build that in. Um, I think younger players might, again, so I actually, I'll caveat this, I haven't played with many younger players Um at least not anything younger than like 16 or so. Uh, so I don't have a great idea for anyone younger than that, but I think it applies to anybody. It's like, what things do they like? What do they want to do? And kind of give them that around what you want to do. So if they are super into finding adventures and like going out and slaying the kobolds, like give them more small like quests and they can feel really powerful and they can level up their character. And like, that's really exciting. I play Dungeons and Dragons most of the time, but I also do a stream with a system called Witch Girls Adventures. And it's made for a younger audience. Uh, you can play it as young as like six or so all the way up. And that one is nice. like, yeah, your witch is at witch school. So like, what do you, you want to do some magic? Like, what do you want to do? You want to go like... You want to live out your Harry Potter fantasies? Like, 
here's a system for that. So what you do in that is kind of like different and what you get out of it is different. But I think those small milestones make a big difference and you feel really accomplished. And I think that um, probably will keep a younger audience really wanting to come back and see what else they can do. I know it makes me come back and I am not that young. So (laughs) (laughs) you just have to find what hooks people. Exactly. I play with, I play with Egerton at the table. So I feel like I have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. on how to handle this question, playing with it. With handle children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. I, I actually agree 100% with Tiffany. One of my ideas was, so I think it's a pretty, I don't know the ages here, right? I don't think the ages were um, 12 year we, olds, I think. Uh, you know what? We I think he gives a little bit of backstory here. So let's maybe dive into a little bit of that and then we can keep going. So um, Scott says, quick backstory to make everything else seem relevant from this point forward. I've been listening to RPG podcasts for a while, but have never really played them myself. Stranger Things got my 12-year-old son interested. Nice. Um, that seems scary for a 12-year-old, but I, I don't judge. Um, we made a character on D&D Beyond and bought him a miniature before playing. I did a quick haunted mansion using a clue board story. Ooh, That's kind of That's cool. really cool. Uh, yeah, for just him and he really enjoyed it. My first time DMing, let alone playing. He just created an adventure for me, and we started last night. We have a friend whose kids play, and we have a tentative date to do a Stranger Things one-shot. Beyond that, I started thinking about a larger campaign to keep my kids engaged and enthralled. So his first idea that he has is uh, to model it off of a Disney's Magic Kingdom, evil <laughs> media tycoon who can turn into a weremouse, has captured four realms, And with that, each realm would be a different land in the park. Future fantasy, Wild West, and adventure pirates. Each realm would have a different feel, pulling pulling from the rides and characters you would see and would like to incorporate solving puzzles, skill challenges, and chase. That sounds really cool. That sounds great. Please uh, message me. I want to play in this Mickey Mouse (laughs) game. This sounds awesome. If you need need extra players, the Mickey Mouse where to find us. Just call me. Yeah. <laughs> so building off what Tiffany said, um, I 100% agree. And I, even with the younger audience, so I think a fun idea would be to actually have, again, I come from more the the GM, you know, apocalypse world, but I would recommend you sit down and build a map of the four areas, the four worlds, but have everyone at the table have fun putting things in because it <gasps> yeah. allows your table to get involved and get excited and they're just going to name things. And then it gives you so much to work with as a DM or GM because they can be like, here's the the evil candy mind that eats people. Or here's the ice cream underwater fantasy world or whatever their minds come up with and give you a lot of fun things that you can explore. I think that's cool, too, because it actually makes your job as the GM a lot easier because they're helping you populate everything. But it's also really cool because they'll just show you what they want to do. They'll be like, oh, let's put this here. Let's go here. And you're like, well, they made those. So they're interested in that. Like, let's do something over there. So it really kind of puts the two pieces together as you and the more you world build with them, the more they feel ownership of the space and it makes them want to come back more and more. Definitely. I'm a big proponent and fan of doing less work. Yes. Yes. So the more I can pawn off and pose a question to fill in a blank that I just couldn't think of something um, is is a good thing. Uh, just pose it. 
whether you talk about it before the game or even in the game, yeah, give them a little bit more ownership and it invests them a lot quicker too. If they can say that, well, I created, you know, had a hand in creating that cool thing that happened over there. Yeah, and they're not creating the story necessarily. They're creating all the elements in the world, but some of that's going to lead to story. Some of that's going to give you immediate ideas. Like where does, you can even ask, where does, you know, Mickey Ware Mouse live or whatever you're going to call him so you don't get sued like we're about to be, um, right? You can actually say, where where does this creature live? Um, or does anyone know? Yeah, and you can have a lot of fun then having a shared map that you build out over time. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I also would say, don't feel like you have to homebrew your entire setting right away. Like, feel free to use a module, either an official module or something from like a place like DMs Guild, do a one shot, let your party kind of get a feel for each other. And you'll also in that get a feel for your own GM style, but also what things they're interested in. So then you can come to this map and build it out and do like this whole homebrew thing. Um, but I think there's a lot of spaces where people get really hard about homebrewing and then they poo poo modules, but like modules are great. And I actually think they're a really great tool if you're still learning and still starting out because they'll give you a lot of stuff to start from. And then you, you know, ignore it and improv everything. It's fine. <laughs> they de- you're right though. They definitely do give you the framework. And when you are uh, at a point where you don't necessarily have an answer to, to fill something in, you can flip to a page and say, well, here's that bad guy's backstory or here's that city that I just didn't quite fill out, but you know, you have a map for it now and you can kind of, Oh, yeah. Piece in what you need to. The biggest dilemma in homebrewing is when they come into a town, you're like, oh, God, how many places can I create? Right? I mean, you know, some people I hear can play a module for three years. Mm -hmm. We played two modules for three years, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. Good point. All right, let's move on to question yeah. two. What's question two of, of our friend here? So to fill in you know, how you're going to play this game, we ask what kind of game system do you want to use and or what system do you have in mind? Um, Scott says, I'm familiar with several through the magic of podcasts, but we'll probably stick to 5e since that is what they know. Uh, how simple or elaborate should I make it? Ooh. So I would say if all your players are really interested in Dungeons & Dragons... It's a good idea to maybe run Dungeons and Dragons because that's what they're interested in. But I will say if we're talking about this mouse theme park uh, game, it, Dungeons and Dragons might not be the best system for that, depending on what you want to do with it. I'm a huge fan of Genesis, um, which allows it basically is like a, a base system that you can build on top of anything. Um, Fate Core is also a system like that where you can build literally anything on top of it. And they both are very story oriented versus like combat, like heavy fighting. Um, so I think it depends on what you want. But I, if, you're, if your whole team is coming and saying, we want this one game, maybe you play that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. When I was a 12 year old boy, I just wanted to hack and slash everything. So exactly. Because I'm the same as Tiffany, as we know, I like story based systems. Um, but if they want to play D and D, you can totally do this with D and D. Now, if you had told me that you know uh, we're going to use D and D five E to do chases and and all these intricate games that are based on pop culture, a while ago I'd have been like, man, it's just going to be so much work. But then you have shows like Join the Party where they did a whole session where they basically redid Chopped, 
and then they did chase <laughs> scenes that were hysterical in slow motion and like they just but what they did was they just simplified the rules for those mm-hmm. right so but, and that's can, what that's yeah. what my podcast does is like we've played in a rock metal world we've played in a post-apoc we've just came out of a fairy tale world and we did it all with dungeons and dragons so i think you just kind of can make you can make the rules work for what you want to do um yeah as long as 100%. everyone has buy-in yeah yeah i don't know of any rule in D that turns someone into a mushroom uh well if they are <laughs> uh blessed by the uh Fungal Prince Zuktmoy, uh, they become half mushroom, as evidenced by mm-hmm. Silo, who is a character in our podcast, who is half mushroom, half gnome. Uh, so you just make it happen. Yep. <laughs> you just make it happen. <laughs> you just bend the rules as you as you see fit. There. Um, to not you know not not a sponsor. D and D put out a starter kit for Stranger Things, going back to things that they were interested in before. Yes. Um, if you have that group that wants to do Stranger Things and maybe you want to lead into this uh, Wild Air Magic Kingdom type story, maybe start there. It gives you all your base characters. It's set within Stranger Things so they know the world. They know what's going on. Um, it gives you a little bit of experience to uh, to run games with a a smaller module because they don't give you the big 400 page module for those they give you it's a much smaller book to work through gives you kind of that base understanding of the game and how you could lift those rules and mechanics and place them into this world that you're starting to build or starting to work on as well what if what if you do stranger world but then they go to a vacation to disney world Oh, but it's not what the Disney uh-huh. they were expecting. Oh, see, that's cool. The, mm-hmm. There you go. That'd be super fun so, for the kids when they arrive and they suddenly realize you, you just have a few things a little weird. You know, when they're buying their tickets, there's only one stall open and the person is like very old and creepy. And it just keeps getting course. weirder and weirder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Perfect segue for your Stranger Things into Magic Kingdom it's all in the same world for you now. Yeah, we solved it. <laughs> solved it. Solved Problem it. solved. Also, still call me if you need another player. This sounds awesome. <laughs> this is getting better by the moment. Don't worry. This sounds even more awesome now. Stranger Things goes to this world where we get to build the map of the most messed up Disney world. I'm in. Yeah. Like wear Mickeys and stuff. Wear Mickey. <laughs> oh, no. We are so being Oh, sued. that would be hidden wear mice throughout the park. And if a player can spot it, they could gain advantage or something because hidden Mickey's is a thing in Disney parks. Um, they hide Mickey Mouse in like all different places. So listen, I oh. we're here for you if you need more Disney park things. <laughs> um, now we get to the final question from Scott. Uh, the kind of crux of his issues in his hurdles would be to make it fun and interesting and challenging. How wild can I go at first and how do I work in secondary quests for them? So I think we've answered this. Uh, like, I think we've already answered it. Um, I think so. You can make it fun and interesting and challenging by letting them start by building this world. Like, have them just build this this weird wear world with the four areas. They don't even have to know what it is. They just tell them it's some kind of theme thing. Then set it aside and start playing Stranger Things. And then just have them win tickets or something or find tickets oh, to, yeah. to Disney World. And it's a little creepy. And their eyes are all going to light up. And now you can branch off into any side quest at any time. By the player saying, I want to run over to the gumball area, or 
you can be like, there's a strange red glow coming from whatever mountain. I don't know any of the mountain names. <laughs> Space mountain. Space mountain. There you go. Yeah. Look at all these IPs we're just dropping. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't think you have to worry about finding side quests because your players will find side quests. Um, I think it's more about your being comfortable following that side quest with them um, and just being okay that maybe a session has literally nothing you originally planned for them to do in it. Um, so side quests are going to happen. Your players will find them. They will latch on to something. It's inevitable. It's more about you just staying comfortable to follow it with them. And yeah, if you, if you start, have them build a map, go play something else and then pull that map back out, their minds will be blown you will win so many cool points. They will be so interested and invested because <laughs> it's all about winning cool points with younger audiences, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's what the, the kids are saying. These days. <laughs> I Man, we're, I wish my dad had more cool points. <laughs> yeah. It's we're, like the we're down. System. We're down and hip with the kids. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> right. I've got a six year old. I know what's going on. Yeah, I was like, I have an eight year old. It's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> Right? It's relevant to today. I have a six-year-old dog. I don't know if that helps or counts, but... <laughs> sure, it counts. Yeah, play D&D with your dog. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. I would want that. <laughs> Scott, hopefully we answered some questions for you. Let us know how it goes. Send us an email back. If you have any other questions, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. We'd love to help you further and or play in your game. Or Just let us know. see what the map ends up looking like. How cool would that be? Yeah. Yes, please send us the map. <laughs> or at least like a photo. We want to see it. What's in your theme park? That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that we want to use it for our own purposes. I'm so Never. Using it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now thank you very much, Tiffany, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Again, you can find me on North by Northwest. It's NXN Quest on the Twitter sphere. Or you can just follow my own shenanigans. It's RTS Cosplay Online. So Please come talk with me about games. I would love it. Thank you for listening to dm to gm If you have questions about getting your game started, send them to us, Russ and Sean. Our email is dm to gmcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at dm to gmcast You'll find all the links down in the description. In the meantime, get your game started. We'll talk to you soon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Where am I? Welcome to Desert Skies, Traveler. Your journey through the physical plane has come to an end. I am the attendant. My colleague here is the mechanic. Yo. This is your last stop on your way to the great beyond. It's our job to make sure you're prepared for the ride. Now... Before hitting the road, we have an impressive selection of over 34 varieties of microwavable burritos. Um, what, what, what's going on? There's gotta be a better afterlife than this. I mean, come on! Uh, that's offensive. Something seems to be wrong with me. You left something major undone. I have a life outside of this gas station, you know. You quite literally do not. Any hobbies? Nope. 
ever travel. Nope. Love interest? Are you kidding? Oh my god. You're like the human version of a plain bagel. Cash register. How can I help you, attendant? Play some music? You got it. It's kind of funny, though. What I needed wasn't back there. It was here, waiting for me. I wonder what it feels like, Mac, to miss the physical plane, the people you left behind. You know, I had a wife who died three years ago. Wish I could go back. No, you don't need to go back. You just need to be here. And a new traveler approaches. Ready, team? Ready. Good. Let's do this. Find Desert Skies wherever you listen to podcasts.